I am your host, Rick Mirabella, and today joining us for the deep dive is the ultimate endurance beast. She completed her first half Ironman in 2008 after taking an interest in the sport after watching a friend complete a corporate try. After discovering the ultra distance in 2010, she set her sights on a multi-day triathlons. She has now completed six Ironman races, three Ultramen, which we'll get into later, and this is the big one. She's the first Australian female to complete, no, first female, sorry, to complete the Epic Five, which is five Ironman events on five islands in Hawaii over five days. Just wrap your heads around that if you can. She says while she loves to compete, she hopes to inspire other women to get involved in the sport and just sport in general. Ladies and gentlemen, Mel Yuri. Welcome, Mel. Thank you. Thank, uh, just one clarification, I was the second female ever, first Australian. Second female. Yes. I knew I'd stuff that up. <laughs> there was too much good content in there. I knew I'd stuff that up, Mel. Bloody hell. Second female ever, first Aussie female yeah. ever. And I feel like we're going to talk about the Epic Five a lot, but this is, for our listeners and anyone out there, like, this is some crazy stuff. So we... We've got a lot of endurance junkies that listen to us and obviously ride in and that, but this is next level as far as mental and physical toughness, so I look forward to really diving into that. Anyone that's watched an Ironman live or has maybe competed in an Ironman or even a 70.3, you can just imagine doing it back to back to back without the travel and the sleep factor that Mel had to go through. We'll get to that in a minute. Before we dive into all this amazing stuff, let's just take us back, Mel, where did it all begin for a young Mel Urie as an athlete or just a youngster in general in the western suburbs of Melbourne? Yeah, so I mean, I grew up in the country. Um, I grew up as a kid, you know, swimming and riding just a little bit. My mum was a swim teacher, so she was very big on my brother and I learning how to swim from a very young age. And I loved swimming, like I still do. It's really, really good passion for me. Uh, and then my brother and my dad started riding bikes. So I was like, okay, well, I'll join in on that. But it wasn't ever anything serious. Like, you know, it was a tiny little country town. Like, you know, our um, competitions, where, you know, the local basketball, you play against all the people you go to high school with. Like, it was, you know, nothing major. And then I went to uni, didn't really do anything, didn't really do any sport. And um, I started working. I started working full time. And I was like, all right, time to focus on yourself, time to focus on getting a little bit fitter. Um, so, you know, I started walking a bit more, started getting, like, I went to the gym for the first time. Like, I'd never been to the gym, did not know what the hell to do. I was so intimidated. And, you know, I went up to, had, like, my personal training session and whatever, and I just kind of walk around going, please, no one look at me. I know, you know, I don't belong here, but I'll, you know, persist and see how I go. And, and that was really good. So, um, yeah, and I never ran. I was never interested in running. I was actually thinking about this a while ago. I actually, in primary school, was in the four by 100 relay we went to olympic park i was like i don't know the third picks other people were injured or whatever we came dead last i was like whatever i ran at olympic park that is <laughs> that is my little claim to fame um yeah so that was basically my running history before triathlon so yeah i went and saw one of my friends do um the corporate triathlon which is like a mini distance race and i went that looks like really really fun and i can swim i can ride i just can't run so okay let's start running let's you know give that a go and start working into that um my very first fun run was the mother's day classic the 4ks around the tan and i looked at all the 8k runners and went you're all insane that is so far i can't even imagine doing that distance which <laughs> how times have changed mm. <laughs> um yeah and just just really enjoyed it and started running and started doing it and I was like yeah this is this is fun this is for me 
It's pretty cool. So the running, the running side of it as well, because there's so many, there'd be so many listeners out there and people in general that um, get in contact with us that have never run before. And, and we'll start for the same reasons you do, just to, just to feel better, just to be better in the morning, like feel better after you go for a session, you feel better, you're more productive during the day. You, you know that you can, um, the triathlon something to aim for. So it's another goal that I want to do a sprint distance or I want to do even a mini sprint distance just to have something to aim for every two or three months to race. And then you, like, you start doing the fun runs. It's amazing. So that, that's only, what, 2006-ish? Yeah. That you're saying that yeah. we're in 2019, the start of 19 currently. Like you're, you're saying that like in that amount of time and you were racing Ironman by 08, 09 pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. in three three years, you've gone from thinking the 8K runners around the town are insane mm. to doing what most people before, the bigger ones that you've done, would classify as the toughest event on earth, the Ironman. So yeah. it's pretty cool. And it's a testament, obviously, your toughness, but also how quickly people can turn it around. And I'm, I'm interested just those early days in your running, like, you would have been doing a lot of research on your own. Like, who, how, who was guiding you through that just not to break or just to continue to progress? Um, so when I when I first started, I, you know, would just go for a run. Like, I think, oh, there was, like, some kind of free running program with Nike or something. Or, like, you know, I had a polar heart rate monitor and they had some kind of program. I can't even remember. Oh, but vaguely, it was, vaguely. Remember. Yeah, like those, those old ones where it was, like, you know, run three times a week and there'd be, like, you know, one speed work and one, like, longer run and a middle distance run. Kind of the usual the setup. Basics, of, yeah. yeah, usual setup of runs. So I'd kind of, you know, follow that as I went along. And then... I um because I did uh, like a five and a ten k and you know, started building up a little bit and then I was like oh, I was looking at my results and I'm like my runs always the weakest it's always the slowest compared to my other two like you know my swim I'd be middle of the pack my bike I'd be okay and then I'd just air run and pass me on the runs I'm like okay time to focus on that and you know triathlon summer I'm winter for running so I signed up for a half marathon because like all right let's you know make running my focus and and did that and do you remember the event. Yeah, Run Melbourne. July, late July, yep. Yeah, yeah, well, it was called Run to the G back Run then. Run to the G, I remember. Yes, yes, yes. so um, I did that, and then I remember I crossed the line, and I was like, that was so much fun. This long stuff is for me. Like, that was my turning point of this is what I want. That's like, so good. Yeah, yeah, like it was, you know, <laughs> I've crossed many finish lines going, I want to do that again, right yeah. now. Let's yeah. go, let's go right now. <laughs> Amazing. And yeah. the, the thing, that's probably an attitude perspective, and when often I... Um, talk to a lot of the people that do extraordinary long distance feats like yourself and um, I can't wait because I don't actually know Mel we just met half an hour ago so I can't wait to to get stuck into that but it's always above the shoulders is where I feel like you've got a lot to teach there's 23 million Aussies and all the other people around the world like I feel like you guys and we'll get delve into that I'm really big on you you talking about how you go about it on race day but like you said you finished and instead of wishing it away, you want to do it again. And yeah. I can imagine that during a marathon leg or even longer, you, you're thinking exactly the same thing. You're not wishing the time to pass. You're not you're not wanting it to just be like, you, you're enjoying the process no matter how uncomfortable and that. And that's, I think that attitude is probably something that we'll take out of this. And people can look at that and go, well, then they're not, running's not a chore. And you were so new to the sport. Mm. You had every reason to not like it. Yeah. Like you would, you could have been looking around going, oh, I'm not, I'm not as quick as him, I'm not quick as her, but you weren't, you were actually, and the enjoyment of the process is probably half the battle for people, and that's how you, have, I, in my opinion, just from the research and t- talking to a couple of people, like, to progress as quick as you did is quite extraordinary, mm. in the distance especially, mm. without breaking too. Yeah, I did have a few injuries, but nothing massive. Like, my biggest injury 
was um, I did the Melbourne Marathon in 2010. Yep. So I did I'm in New Zealand and then, you know, again, wanted to do yep. a marathon, focus on my running. And halfway through that, my ITB just gave up on me. It was like someone stabbed me in the knee. So, um, you know, I just kind of hobbled the rest of the way around, you know, finished the run. And then it took me about nine months to get my legs right Genuinely. again. Yeah. Overuse injuries. So, and that's, that's one. Absolutely. And everyone yeah. remembers they've had an overuse injury that it's going to make them a better runner anyway. Yeah. Because you're obviously going to work out in the weights room what you need to be doing, mobility, yeah. that kind of stuff as well. So... It's someone that's doing the mileage. I can't believe that's all you've had. I know that we'll get into the bigger injuries in a minute, yes, which is um, yes. quite distressing. But <laughs> that'll that'll come. But that the, that's the only pretty much overuse stuff you've had. Yeah, Amazing. yeah. I mean, you know, like I'd have kind of you know niggles here and there. Like you know, my foot would get sore, my hips would get sore. You know, but it was nothing long sustained to keep me away from the sport for no. a long period of time. So I was really lucky, considering like. I feel like I built my distance really quickly. Yeah. Like I had a coach by then. Like when I started doing half Ironman, Ironman, I'd gotten a coach because I was like, I don't know what to do. Mm. I need someone to tell me what to do and then mm. I'll just follow whatever you say. Um, yeah, and so he actually built me up really slowly as well. So I think that was really helpful too. It's pretty special. Like to, yeah, because you obviously knew this is something you wanted to continue to get better at and progress, travel the world. Do, yeah. do some pretty cool events. Yeah. But when you get to that level, you need to have someone guiding you, and you don't want to be thinking because you're 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 busy training, recovering, and working. Now, you did uni. Now you did your degree. It was in nursing. Yes. yes and now you are a psych nurse. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Do you want to delve into that job a bit, and how's that how's that cope around all your training? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Like I've at the moment, I'm not doing shift work, but I, I did shift work for ten years. Mm. So. For me, it's whatever time of day you have is a time of day you have. Like, you know, it it doesn't matter. So, you know, if I, if when I was working, you know, 7 a.m. starts, I'd, you know, finish at 3, 3.30. I had so much daylight time at the end of the day or, you know, in the mornings, you know, I'd start at like 1.32. I had, you know, all this time in the morning. The only time that it actually really affected was when um, my now husband, you know, when we're living together and we wouldn't actually see each other for a few days. Like that was a bit of an issue. But I mean, now, you know, I'm working kind of more like I work one day on the weekends and again, like train morning, night, like whatever works. Night shift is where it really tests you. But again, I just, I just do it. Like I don't, I feel like I have such a responsibility to do the training that's set for me. Like I'm a people pleaser by nature and I use it to my advantage to say that my coach has given me my training. I want to do it. So then I'm not letting them down. And then I, yeah, and it's, you know, it's the way that I just kind of go, okay, well, I know that I need to put in the work to do the events that I do. Like, I can't fake it. I can't do 50% of the work and then expect results. It's not going to happen. So you just do it. And it actually, when I did Ultraman Australia, I did like a, my one of my biggest blocks of training over four weeks during night shift. But that actually taught me a really good sleep deprived training. So that helped for Epic 5. So it's like, well, all of these things just, you know, I just look back on lessons that I've learned and Absolutely. go, okay, well, I did that so I can do this. Well, yeah, there's a so reason why. It. There's a, exactly. And yeah. the attitude's unbelievable, by yeah. the way. But there's a reason why you were the first Australian woman and second woman overall to complete Epic mm. 5. But you don't just... You don't just get there from being a good athlete. Like that's that's probably sixty no. percent. But all this stuff—the sleep de- deprivation, the shift work, the ability to continue to train, not make excuses—but obviously adapt, adapt along the way to sleep deprivation. And yeah. how am I, how I'm feeling like shit right now? I need to make sure I manipulate this session so I get it done properly. Yeah. Without so there's just little things like that that you teach yourself along the way. I love the fact about the the you're, you love the structure, but also the people pleaser, which can be a weakness but can be a very positive thing as well yeah. and you've just turned it into a positive thing mm. and it's it's unbelievable like, mm. so the structure's there for you 
you, you look at your program on the Sunday evening, you know, this is what I'm going to do for the next seven days or whatever your cycle is, 14 days. And you say, this is, this is fine. My shift work's pretty ordinary. It's going to be yeah. full on. Yeah. You, you accept it. Yeah. At your peak, Ultraman, now, let's just tell the listeners. Now, I think we all know, if we don't know what an Ironman is, it's the 3.8 swim, the 180 um, bike and the marathon, the 42.195 on the run at the end, which is quite famous now, obviously, because of Greg Welsh and Craig Alexander and obviously Miranda Carfrey and athletes like that in Australia and uh, Kona, the Kona Hawaiian Ironman in October is obviously the pinnacle of endurance sport. Mel's done six of those. Now, she started doing those in about 08 or 09. 09, is that, like, yeah. Correct? Yeah. They're pretty amazing. Did you, what led you to say, okay, the Ironman triathlon's great, I love it, but I, I want to get scared more, I want a more challenge. What, what, what brought you to the Ultraman? And you can tell the listeners what that is in a minute. Yeah, okay. So in 2010, I read um, Rich Roll's book, Finding Ultra, and that's where I found out about Ultraman. I'd never heard of it before then. I found out about Ultraman and Epic Five because he did both and wrote about both in his book. And I, um, I was like, that sounds really fun. But then I went, okay, I've been in this sport. I've done two Ironmans by that stage. I don't have the sporting history to be able to train for this without getting injured. Like, I will just destroy my body so I set the goal for four years time and I said okay after that I want to do one and I you know got on Google researched where are these Ultramans and I found there was one in Canada and I've always wanted to go to Canada since I was a kid there's just something about that country it just always spoke to me like I love mountains I love just anything I'm like perfect I want to do this race because it sounds big and scary and I big and scary appeals to me Mm -hmm. that you know I want to push myself I want to challenge myself and it's in a country I've always wanted to go to done I'm in um, and at the time, I had some friends who I'd done Ironman New Zealand with who said that they wanted to do Challenge Roth in Germany in 2013. They all ended up pulling out and I just went by myself. So I was like, oh, whatever. Um, but that's why I said it for 2014. I was like, well, earlier than that's going to be too soon. And then, you know, 13, Europe, okay, 14, Ultraman Canada, let's do it. I love the, the four-year macro cycle, by the way. I also love Challenge Roth, which is the second biggest Ironman you'd say by prestige in the yeah, world. So yeah. you've, done, you've done Challenge Roth. Yes. Have you, did you do Kona Ironman? No. 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 Challenge no. Roth is, listeners, it's very prestigious and it's a great race to do. So you've ticked that box. Yeah. And that would have been big in your preparation for the Ultraman as well. Tell the listeners now... The Ultraman is, is pretty nuts in itself, so tell the listeners what that is. Yeah, so it's over three days. It's a 10K swim and then a 145K bike on the first day. And then you go home, you sleep, you eat, come back the next day, you ride 275 kilometers. Again, go home, come back. And then the last day, day three, you do an 84K run, so it's a double marathon. Tell me about the marathon start. So I'm... I've, we've only got Ironman in here, so we have never. I've never trained or worked with an ultra, mm-hmm. an iron athlete. Tell me about the marathon start, day three after that load. I know you haven't been running, but you've been on the bike a lot. Yeah. And obviously, even the swim would take a lot out of you, the 10K. Tell me about the first couple of K of the marathon start on day three. Double marathon start, sorry. Do you know, because you've been training so much, it just it feels normal. Like, it feels like you're a bit fatigued, but you're just going for a run. So, like, you're not, you're not running, starting it on completely dead legs, just going, oh, my God, how am I going to drag myself through this? You're like, okay, a bit tired, but, you know, we'll just... For me, it always takes a while to warm up and get through it. I'm a diesel, like, my coaches have told me that for a very long time. So, I know... How I feel at the start is not how I'm going to feel halfway through and in the end. So, you know, even if I'm feeling horrible at the start, and I feel horrible at the start of a lot of training sessions, I know that once I warm up and get into it, it'll be okay. So, and yeah, hopefully, it's not too bad. a lot of you out there can resonate with that because 
it doesn't matter who you are. The first 15, 20 minutes is usually going to feel average, even if you... And sometimes they might be some of the best sessions, but just, just mm. to be able to persist through that first 15, 20 minutes of a session, let alone an 84K day three event. With your running, tell me... I'll go to Mentally Now for the first time, and I'm sure we'll go there. Tell me like how you're feeling at the halfway mark of a double marathon on day three. So you've just passed the 42K mark. Where are you positioned mentally and emotionally? Well, it depends which race you're talking about. <laughs> because they've Go all a been a bit different. A pick a good one. Uh, I haven't had a good run at Ultraman. So, okay. At... Oh, that's a good pick a bad one. <laughs> Even better. Okay, well, I feel like Hawaii and Australia were very similar because, um, in some ways, because I still I haven't managed my nutrition properly over that distance. I Yeah, there's a whole bunch of reasons behind that. But... Um, yeah, so I was feeling quite sick at the end, at the start of um, day three on both dates. Um, yeah, just not not feeling great. Like, you know, I wasn't really able to, you know, manage my, my nutrition, my stomach very well. Gastric, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, just feeling a bit nauseous, you know, not feeling great. And so halfway, um, I generally, because you've got a 12-hour cutoff for the, for the run. For the run. Um, so, That's harsh on day three. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I, I'm a I'm a back of the pack runner. Yeah. Like in old man, you know, that's, you know, everyone will start sprinting off and I'm like, all right, see ya. See Wait for me at the end. Mm. Whatever. That's fine. I don't, I don't care. I Absolutely. just care about myself, what that's I'm doing. Awesome. Um, and so like usually I get to the halfway mark at about five and a half hours. So, you know, I know I've got enough of a buffer that, you know, I'll, I'll get to the end. But <laughs> I always tell my crew beforehand, I'm like, okay, my husband's amazing at this, thank God, is um, he has to do some like maths to tell me because my Garmin beeps every every K and I'm like, okay, what pace do I need to maintain under that I'll make cutoff? Because that's what I start panicking about. Like that's my biggest stress when I'm racing. I want to make cutoff. What do I need to average maximum and final stay under that? That's fine. Um, yeah, so like mentally, I know I'm going to get there. Like there's... For me, it's never about, you know, like, am I going to keep going? Am I going to quit? Am I going to not? Like, I've, you know, there's, I've actually removed that from my brain in one of my races in Canada that I did because of what happened during that race. Um, but, yeah, it's more just about what do I need to do to get to the finish? And in Hawaii, um, I was vomiting for the first marathon and I wasn't really able to hold much down. So I was like, what can I eat? What can I... And that was what I was focused on. You know, I just need to try and settle my stomach. What can I do what worked to, in that situation? to do that? Uh, eventually, had some like icy poles, and that helped. It, yeah, it down. yeah, yeah. Do you want to? I love the mental state. Do you want to back backtrack to the Canada experience? Yeah. What happened there? Oh, uh, okay. So this is your first Ultraman. First Ultraman. Mm. Um, so ten, I have to go back to my injuries then. <laughs> so. Okay. Okay. We're going over shop. Go, take us, take us to the injuries okay. now. These are intense. Okay. So okay. tell the guys. Because, yeah, I, can't, I feel like I can't talk about Canada without talking about my injuries. So nine months before Canada, I was car doored. So this woman opened up her car door, caught the edge of my handlebars, threw me off my bike, and I broke a vertebrae in my back. Um, I didn't realise at the time. I called my husband. I said, can you please come pick me up? I've fallen off my bike. I can't ride. And by the time he got there, I was screaming in pain. And so he drove me to hospital, walked into triage and they're like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I fell off my bike. You know, I think I've broken my elbow and my back's quite sore. So, you know, but at this stage I was in tears and they're like, it's okay. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Just when you're ready, like trying to be polite and nice as you do. Well, we, I've got a little bit of this. I've got a broken vertebrae. Um, where, which, where were you, mate? Where, which beach road were you, Melbourne? Uh, I was riding through Docklands out okay. front of the Channel 7 building. So it's very, Still remember. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Important thing. Yeah. This is nine months out, so... Let's get this straight. Mel's 
had a four-year plan for this event, right? It's a four-year yeah. big cycle. Yeah. She's raced the Ironman in Europe in Roth. She's had a great preparation. Everything's going swimmingly. Car doored, which is horrific at the best of times, yeah. let alone to come around. When did you found out, obviously, about the vertebrae? Yeah, I found out in the ED about the vertebrae. What did they tell you? Uh, not really much. She just, she, the doctor was just like, oh, you've broken your vertebrae. Um, you know, we can put you in a back brace if you want for pain management. It was on a Sunday, Sunday morning, so there's no physios, there's no nothing around. And he goes, you know, we could admit you if you want. I'm like, yeah, no, good, thanks. Um, he's like, okay, well, you know, if you can walk a bit, then we can discharge you. I was like, all right. So I tried to get up and walk because I'd had morphine. I was really dizzy, so I couldn't really walk much. So, and then, uh, you know, however long later, I don't know. Then I got up and I was able to kind of like walk to the end of the corridor and then walk back and I'm like, all right, I'm done, I'm out of here, see ya. And so I went home. Um, so it was the next day that I rang my coach and I said, this is what's happened. And he goes, it's okay, we've got time. And I'm like, all right, good. Cause I put my 100% faith in my coach. Like if you tell me we've got time, we've got time, that's fine. And then I rang um, my osteo and I said, what do I do? He's like, come in. I'm like, okay. So I went in there and he goes, get in the pool. I'm like, all right done so um i would swim every second day i made a distance i said oh you're gonna swim a kilometer and like my back was spasming it was in pain and i was like this is gonna help it like because he goes it's because i broke t12 and that's where the rotation your back goes through so it's like swimming will be really beneficial so i did that um and then on every other day i would um just walk out to the letterbox and then walk back home and then you know sleep on the couch for an hour or something because i was exhausted certainly not what you want to be doing eight months out no. from an iron man no no, no. Uh, ultra man this is unbelievable yeah. stuff so tell me with that kind of rehab when could you train properly? And then you had another incident. Yeah, so it was it was a couple of months, yeah. um, and I was able to like to sit up on my bike. I couldn't lean forward because it was too much pressure on my back. So it was a good probably two three months before I was able to get back into better training. And then and then I went really well. Like you know I was able to run, I was able to ride, and because this is my first Ultraman, I said to my coach, I said, look. I want to run a long distance. Like I want to run 60 Ks to prove to myself mm -hmm. that I can make the double marathon because I'm a big person about, I don't believe until I see it. So I, you know, I'm not going to believe I'm going to be able to do it until I do, you know, something like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was able to get through that and that was fine. And then, I'll stop sorry, you there go. quickly. That, yeah. that, that was going to let me know about your training prep for the Ultraman. Were you able to get um, what you wanted done before it, I know you had another issue with you coming up. 60k yeah. was your longest run. Yeah, is that that was going towards my training methodology? We'll go later. How'd that feel? Yeah, it was good. And was that mentally? I needed your coach's it. Coach's name? Um, my coach Kev. Kev. Yeah. Was that, yeah, and we'll get into that in a minute. But was was he? Is that what he would have normally programmed, or would you would you say that it was more than the norm? Or uh, yeah, it was standard? no. It was probably pretty standard. standard like yeah. if he was training for a, a marathon, I'd train. I'd run up to like. 36, 38 Ks, like yeah. there's a long train. The, the marathon's lesson. definitely yeah. a different case though. Like yeah. some marathon, you can definitely train for longer, like three yeah. hours, three and a half hours, 44, 45K, but yeah. this is a very different beast. That's why yeah. I, I was just, pro we've had a few hundred K guys in here, but this is oh, yeah, different yeah. again. So I just wanted to probe on that. So 60K was your, your biggest run, but again, that was a very interrupted prep. Yes. But how, yes. you must be confident in your residual fitness. How good does that make you feel? Yeah. The three years prior to that, yeah. that you can have that kind of a layoff. Yeah. 
with not being able to walk to the letterbox and then come back and be able to do that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know. I'll let you keep going because there's something else. Yeah, to... yeah. So you know, I was able, like, I was doing like seven eight k's in the pool and that was fine. And then um, I had planned Ironman Cairns as a lead into Ultraman. And so then in May, um, I had like speaking of work, I um, I was called out in the middle of the night, and then I had a ride to do. Um, in like I think it was like a day later so that's right it was Friday night I was called out and then I did my long run Saturday and like all this stuff was still on my mind and I was riding out of the driveway on the Sunday morning and the grates in the driveway go the same way as my bike tires and I'd ridden past it a hundred times and I just didn't, wasn't even paying attention I put my front wheel straight into it and I fell over the top and I broke my arm <laughs> so my coach said to me you are not riding outside anymore <laughs> How many weeks was that so before kids? That was four weeks. Four weeks before an Ironman, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. And he's, but then he also said to me, he's like, if you can't do cans, you can't do Ultraman. Like this, you know, you have to be able to do Ironman. So I'm like, all right, you know, give me a challenge and I'll do it. So I was in plaster for um, two weeks and the doctor <laughs> said, initially said, oh, we'll x-ray it in two weeks and see how it's going. It's a small fracture, you'll, you'll be okay. And so I went to the plaster clinic and I said, oh, you know, the other doctor said you could take the plaster off. And they're like, oh, well, that's not normally what we do. And I said, well, you know, what do you think? And so I took the plaster off and he, you know, felt around and he's like, oh, no, it's actually okay. I'll put you in a brace. And I'm like, done. So that night I was back in the pool trying to swim. Like I, this, the wrist didn't have any movement whatsoever, but I'm like, yeah, no, I can swim enough. I'll be fine. I can do cans. Wow. So, yes. And repercussions from that? Or you had, you had a good rehab post on yeah. Yeah, 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 it was fine. It was fine. Say, mate, you've had some good tech. Look, already in those little bits of stories, your team around you has been amazing. Absolutely. Uh, but you need that. Um, yeah. You've had a couple of amazing coaches who we'll quickly talk yeah. about later. But osteos, the, even that GP, the doctor, sorry, was that a GP? No, the, the arm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there was just, just a little just hospital. Just people that were happy to yeah. help wherever they could. Yeah. But, um, and obviously your husband and your good friends. But that's the kind of team with the those kind of issues that you mm. need. So you've done it. Did you, did you race well at Ironman? You happy with cans? You happy yeah, with... I mean, I just I want to get through it. It was a prep yeah. it, it rained all day, so I was petrified I was going to fall off the bike. So I did. I Actually, I did my slowest time, but I had a really fun time because I ran the whole marathon with a friend. So that's it was awesome. great. We just chatted the How whole time. That? Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. And that's, that's I think, like, getting an idea of the attitude of someone like Mal, like, it's just so important to enjoy what you're doing. Like, mm. You can't do this many hours of training, preparation, years... And then give me an idea, speaking of this, we're on this now, the Ultraman average week. What's the average week in the highest training volume week uh, in hours? Or, Ultraman give, me, give me the three disciplines as well. So the hours a week and then the Ks in all three, um, if you've got a rough guide. I would have no idea how many Ks I do. That's I'd fine. have to look back at my hours training. Um, about 20, 25 yeah. hours a week. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a little bit more than a normal Ironman. Yeah. Just because, yeah. But yeah, that, so 25 hours a week, night shift, working, yeah. all that. So then you can see why people can... Why people like you can adapt to other things like yeah. sleep deprivation, yeah, and what you go through later on in the in the competition world. Felt got to got to Canada. Yep, feeling. Yeah, feeling okay. Feeling good. Yeah, yeah, no, felt felt good. Um, what what time of year is it? Sorry for them. August. August. So it's at the end of their summer. End of their summer. So yeah. how did you feel? So day one. Day one, I was so excited. Like before a race, I'm really not a good person to talk to. Like I just, I can't talk to anyone. Like people are trying to talk to me. Like, uh huh, yeah, good, and just walk off. I'm like, <laughs> once the race starts, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't reckon that's that abnormal. That's pretty. Yeah, normal. yeah, yeah. I know, I know. There was one like a couple of people tried to talk to me. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so rude. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. No, I absolutely loved it. Like the swim is still my favorite swim I've ever done. It's one way in a lake, like beautiful. Absolutely loved it in Penticton's where the race is based. 
Um, I had these, you know, amazing paddlers. I'd set up my nutrition plan, you know, like every 20 minutes, they'd time keep for me, you know, they'd, I'd swim over to the boat, take on, you know, a gel or electrolytes or whatever I had at that time. Um, yeah, and then you get out the other end and then get on your bike. And Do they have to be people you know? So, no, 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 just a couple of locals who paddlers, volunteer for locals, it. Fantastic. So yeah. 10K swim, you've got volunteers with you the whole way. Yeah. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. That's so what do you, cool. What are you, what are you um, eating on the swim leg of a 10K? Just normal gels and that? Yeah. Is, yeah. 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 Gels and sports drink. And knowing that you've got to still ride on that day one. Yeah. Tell the listeners, what is yeah. it, 170-odd? Uh, 145, 145 on the day yeah. one, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty it's pretty intense just to get yeah. straight on the bike and go there. Yeah. How'd you feel on the bike leg? Yeah, good. Yeah, day one went really well. I um, I was really happy with it because I was over there for a couple of weeks beforehand and stayed with a girl, um, a woman and her husband, and she'd done the race the year before or two years before, so she knew the course and they lived like right on the course as well. So... You know, I'd gone out and ridden a fair bit of it, so I knew, you know, parts of it. So it was, it's it was nice really cool. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So no, day day one went really, really well. Um, where I made my first crucial mistake is that I didn't eat enough after the end of the day. So I'd had um, like a nutritionist or dietitian, I can't remember, um, give me like a bit of a meal plan and things like help out with my nutrition, but she hadn't factored in on how much I needed to eat at the end of the day as well because you yeah and you're running in a calorie deficit over the three days but you know and then I woke up in the middle of the night and I woke up hungry and I was like oh it's fine I'll eat in the morning and then just went back to sleep and I'm like that's where I should have got up and eaten something that was day one what did you eat for dinner day one uh, oh, it's probably just like some pasta. It's all pretty important yeah yeah, so so you're still running a massive deficit yeah definitely and I guess the warning signs were there in the middle yeah. of the night. Yeah. So the morning you wake up, have a bit of brekkie. Yeah, morning normal I wake brekkie, up. Like a, race know, day, a couple of bits of toast or work. Yeah, a couple of bits of toast with some banana and so yeah, normal stuff. Like Jump that. on the bike for yeah. two hundred. Two hundred seventy-five. Yeah. And how'd you go there? Uh, at hundred k's, I felt really sick and started vomiting. Yeah. So that was that was where like it just caught up to me, and it was thirty-seven degrees. I'd come out of winter training. I wasn't used to that intense heat. Mm. Um, I've got a lot of mental strategies now on how to deal with the heat, but I didn't have them then. Um, and it was really open and exposed, and I just felt really bad. And I said to my crew, "I'm like, you guys need to stop more often. I really need you because it was actually my parents and my husband um, who were crewing for me. Because who else can you ask? So they were in a car halfway around the world. Yeah, 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 yeah." Um, so yeah, like they, they kind of leapfrog you. So like, you know, they'll stop, hand you bottles, hand you food, and then, um, like drive further up the road and then stop again and just kind of do that for the whole race. It's so cool. Um, yeah, but you know, then I, that stuff was sick. And then around, I think it was probably about eight hours into the race. There's a really nice, like 30 K descent and it's amazing. And I just vomited the whole way down and I was really struggling to keep anything down at that point. So my go-to was Coke. Like if I can't have anything else, I drink Coke. And I was like struggling to hold that down. Flat Coke? No, just normal Coke, whatever. Any Coke's fine. It doesn't have to be flat. Um, yeah, and my back seized up. So, you know, because obviously I wasn't used to doing such long Ks or anything. So, um, you know, like I'd stop and at one stage my dad put something in the middle pocket of my jersey and I said, I can't reach that. Like my shoulders and my whole back had tightened up, my hips had tightened up. So I couldn't actually reach except for my outside pockets um, in order to like get off my bike to go to the toilet or do anything. Like they had to lie it down on the ground so I could just step off it because I couldn't lift my leg properly. Um, there was one point towards the very end where um, I'd ridden up to them and I thought in my head, I'm like, right, I feel like I've got a flat tire, you've got to tell them. And I'd stopped and I said, have you got any painkillers? 
and like you know Michael tipped out you know my husband tipped out like a whole bunch and he's like oh that's too many I'm like no it's fine just took them whatever I don't care <laughs> and then I got back on and started writing and it was at a turnaround point and I saw the mechanic looking at me and I was like oh, do I have a flat tire because I'd completely forgotten like that's how out of it yeah. I was at that point in time and that was the end of day two so tell me about the cutoff there so what do you got 275k I well, did the cutoff okay that day. Geez, I think it was like strong, 11 and a half hours or like it was close, yeah, but, but it you, wasn't. You made it yeah, yeah. After all those issues. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so then. How did you, you eat that night? Because you got it now, you're like, okay, I've got to back up with double marathon. Yeah, yeah, so I lay down for two hours feeling dizzy and couldn't sit up and couldn't move. And the, so they've got a medical director of the race and she's like, um, you know, so kind of worried about you. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, but can't have IVs because then you're technically DNF out of the race. So you just do what you can. Hang on a minute. Fair income. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I yeah, not allowed that. to. Yeah. So like wow. waking up on day three, I was still feeling dizzy. I was able to eat a little bit afterwards the race, but mm. then I vomited all back up again. So I was like, fine, I'll just go to sleep. Like whatever. I just, I'll deal with this tomorrow. So starting that day you know i've got the race director and these other people just like oh my god are you okay like because they'd seen how bad i looked the day before and they're like, i can't even believe you're at the start line for day three but i started running and because i was able to take on nutrition i felt better as i went and at about 50 k's i was feeling on top of the world and i was like i'm so excited i felt really good and then i crashed again at about 70 k's i just went into a bit of a hole but by that time i had enough time buffer that i knew i was going to be able to finish and I look, what, talking about, um, you know, what we were talking about before, I look back on that race and I'm like, at no time did I think about quitting. I'm like, well, you didn't think about it then, so you're not going to think about it again. So it's like, it's, I don't think about it. Yeah, so that's, that, I love that. And yeah. that, that's humble. Because, look, you don't even think about the nine months prior, all the obstacles that were put in your way. Like, would have, most people, let's say nine out of ten people would have, just aborted that preparation mm. and started again the next year. Yeah. So even though you planned to do it in 2014, yeah, four yeah. years from that day you said you would do it, you could have easily said 2015. You could yeah. Have, so you could have, could have taken the easy option and said nah. But you've obviously you're so headstrong. But also, I like you look at it from a relaxed point of view as well. You just get it done. Yeah. And I think that's one of your biggest strengths from from reading a lot and talking to people is that you just get it done. But you certainly you're not. Like you're aiming at your preparation because you want to you want to get it done, mm. but you certainly don't like. There's no anxiety here. There's like you just mm. you just get it done. Yeah. In a relaxed manner, which I think a lot of listeners could learn from, yeah. especially triathletes. Yes, but oh god, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we both know that there's a lot of Thai Bay person, which is which works. But I think sometimes we make a rod for our own back as well, mm. and probably cause a lot of performance detriment. Which I think that's probably a show for another day. But that kind of stuff, just knowing that you get it done, 50k in, you're feeling on top of the world would be yeah. good. But then. Your nutrition on that run day is still just the basics, gels and... Yeah, and, yeah. I had like these little um, like runners, I can't get them anymore, but like these little protein ball things that I was using as well it. and they were fine. Like, yeah. you know, I had like Vegemite sandwiches, yeah. just, yeah, basically anything and I, just, I felt fine. That, so that kind of a day, a day like that must be that epic as far as, um, as far as in your sporting life. And yeah. So to, when you finish that marathon, double marathon, sorry... The double marathon on day three. Tell me about the feeling there. Like, what did you go? Could you go have a couple of beers? Could you? Could you enjoy the night? Or just too stuffed. You couldn't do anything. But what did you do that night? No, I went to hospital. <laughs> so, um, so I crossed the finish line, and it was amazing. Like, I had the Australian flag. I had my parents. Like, gave everyone hugs. It was amazing. Like, 
absolutely loved it. Like, I still look back on that. That is still my favorite race I've ever done. I've got the fondest memories from that place. Um, and also I went to Canada, Canada's amazing. And then I laid out on a massage table, had a massage, felt really good. And then I went to stand up and I was like, I can't actually put weight on my feet. Like I, my feet just, they just felt like I was just so much pain. I think I might've like, you know, bruised one of the tendons on my feet or something. I don't know, like they were cut up with blisters, whatever. And so um, we're walking like, well, I wasn't walking. I had, you know, one arm over my husband, one arm over um, this other guy, Chris, who I'd been staying with his wife. And they're escorting me over to the toilet block. And then suddenly Michael says to me, he's like, you need to lie down. I'm like, why? What? And apparently my legs had actually buckled and I had no idea. Like I didn't know that it happened. And so I lay me down and I'm like, oh, and then I felt, you know, started feeling a bit bad again. And one of the local doctors from, um, from the hospital had come down, you know, just check out what's going on and see how things are going. And so the medical director started talking to him about what had happened the day before and then what happened today. And he goes to me, he's like, yeah, you need to go to hospital. You need to get some bloods done. We need to know what's going on internally for you because you're probably not in a very good way. And I was like, fine. <laughs> and there was another guy who collapsed at the finish as well. He's like, well, we're getting our ambulance for him. So we'll just get one for you as well. And you can, you can go on in. So, um, I ended up getting in the car and like going down to ED. What so, was the wash up from that? Uh, I had a really low sodium. Yeah. Um, I was quite hyponatremic. Um, it was, oh, I used to know the number. It was like a low 120. So, you know, if it had kept going down lower, I was going to start having seizures and start having real problems. So it was the right decision. And I, you know, it was it was absolutely fine but it was really annoying because i you know had to stay that night and i because after day two i was like i'm not having a shower i don't care i'll just go to bed so i had not had a shower since the end of day one i was still in my running clothes all night i stunk i felt disgusting <laughs> um thankfully they had some food there that they they could give me it's but, part, of, part of the war but, you know, story though. <laughs> it really is yeah it's part of the trade like yeah I, I wouldn't have imagined you going out on the town that night uh, no. anyway but i thought you might have been able to enjoy it couple of beers and a nice steak or something but clearly not. no i i had four four bags of iv instead yeah, four bags. well you weren't allowed to have a day two you poor thing i know i, I was no making idea. up for it gee they're really they're strict but that's that's great and it makes yeah. it more prestigious and again more of a challenge you've got to get everything right you yeah. can't afford to but you've toughed that out massively for two mm. days where i'm not sure people could but it just shows you how much you've got to get right nutrition recovery regeneration and i'm sure when we talk about the um epic five then that's so important with that you finish all that you're feeling good mentally physically you must be on top of the world yeah you, you start to recover obviously from yeah. such a bigger thing at that point in time you try a flight i can imagine that being a bit of a bit of a high point yeah and then definitely. what happens from there with racing do you just continue on do you have a break do you say oh i'm going to pick something else when did the epic five come in to go yeah so um 2015 i didn't really do much because um after my race in canada i really neglected all of my rehab that i was doing for my back because i was like oh race is done it's fine don't need to do my exercises and anything anymore so i had a lot of problems with my back and like all my muscles just really tightened up and so um, I didn't really do a lot in 2015 because I was really just trying to get that right. Um, after Ultraman, I had been talking to a friend and he's like, I reckon you should do Epic Five. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't think so. Like at that time, I'm like, that is way too big. Like Ultraman, I can get my head around, but Epic Five, no chance. And he goes, he's like, if you do Epic Five, I'll do Ultraman. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> so we've never done Ultra before. Um, no, he hasn't, and he hasn't yet either. So What's his name? Like, <laughs> Tim Harrison. Tim, you still, yeah, I was an Ultraman, brother. 
actually sent him a message a little while ago. I'm like, ah, so what about that? Come on, Tim. Oh, he's got kids now. Like, uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Oh, yeah. It's not impossible. Continue on. I I would not know. I don't have children yet. Um, Yeah, so then I just, I started looking at it a little bit more seriously. And then there was, um, the first woman did it the year before I did. So it was really cool. I could follow her along because that was 2016. Um, I'd already signed up to do Ultraman Australia. So I was like, okay, well, maybe 17 then. So it was actually really good to have a resource to be able to talk to and say, okay, what did you do? Oh, it was all online. So, cause she was in America. Um, yeah. And it was actually really cool cause I met her, um, late last year for the first time and it was, it was really fun. So yeah, it and was still amazing. the only two females on the earth. Uh, there's one oh, other yeah. that did it and there's another one who got through four days and didn't do the fifth day. Okay, that's yeah. 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 All right. So you, you're training for something like Epic. You got the same support crew around you. Does what changes, if anything, from something like an Ultraman in um a methodology type setup? Um. Yeah. So uh, the I had a different coach at that time. So um I changed coaches after Ultraman Canada. I went to um Craig Percival, um who is now since passed away sadly. So he um, was coaching me to Ultraman Australia. So my training was very different because he was a you know, different coach, obviously. And then we were starting to build up to Epic 5 when he passed away. And then I changed coaches again. And now I've got the same coach, um, Kate Favre-Lakla. She's amazing and awesome. I love That's it. Kate. Kate. So Kate yeah. took it for the second half of that prep? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it was like about five months. Yeah. Yeah. Because I said to her, I'm like, this is what I'm doing. Can you help me? Because she's done Ultraman a couple of mm. times. So she understands yeah. ultra racing. So her focus was more about building strength on the swim and bike and then just leaving the run to take care of itself really for Epic 5. So um, I would be doing a lot of pool boy and paddles in the in the pools and I did a lot of that with Craig as well. So, you know, that was a big focus for both of them. Like, you know, you do, um, I don't know, like three, four K swim and then you do like, you know, another K pool boy paddles, you know, moderate, strong effort um, and that would kind of finish off your set. So it was when you're fatigued, but then, you know, you're still like trying to push through and like build, build that um, endurance, that strength endurance. And I'd be riding hills basically every weekend. So um, the Dandenongs is a really, it's a favorite place of training for me. So, um, you know, I would think nothing about doing like seven, eight hours of hill repeats, just up and down the one and twenty. If I didn't want to ride anywhere else, because yeah. you know, I just was it's like, pre- oh, that's fine. It's pretty <laughs> the one and twenty down. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. Though that that's strength endurance, and I, I'm trying to get into their heads a bit as well. The the bike is obviously makes sense, and the swim is just about getting through efficiently without spending as less energy as possible. So yeah. you can just, and then the run, you can just. You just get through it. Yeah. Power walk, jog, power walk, jog, yeah. whatever you got to do yeah. to, to make the cutoff yeah. of an epic five. Yeah. The, I guess the safer and the more, the less expenditure you can you can get through on the bike, all of a sudden you're someone like me who's not a cyclist but can maybe hold on for 180 mm. once and then try to run, I'd be cooked. Whereas someone like yeah. you who's got that strength endurance, they were really, they was training your strengths as well. Yeah. Which yeah. is, which is, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, during, during the week I'd do like, you know, heel repeats on the run or like I'd do speed work. Like during the week it was um, like speed and strength yeah. focus. And then on the weekends it was, yeah, just like all strength, like all low heart rate stuff. Like there was no intensity whatsoever. On the run? Oh, both. On the, on both. both. Tell me about the, how many times of each discipline for Epic 5 a week or a cycle or two, are you in one week blocks? How many, yeah, one how week blocks. To, how many times a week of each three disciplines? Yeah, so it'd generally be about three or four and there'd be a focus on one of the disciplines on that week. So it'd be a periodization. So yeah, like you do an extra swim or extra bike or an extra run. 
Um, and then on the weekends, it'd generally be an eight, eight hour training block. So it might be like an hour swim, six hour bike, hour run, or, you know, like seven hour bike, hour run, or, you know, and whatever, those... like one or two hour runs is generally the maximum that I do off the bike. Okay. So this is, excuse all my questions, because this okay. is a very different, like for our listeners, marathoners, Ironmen, like a lot of track guys and even team sports. So it's very, yeah. it's pretty cool what we say. On a, on a Saturday or a Sunday, that tri-brick, or what do you even call a tri, is it a brick, a tri-brick, yeah. that you would do that regularly yes so the swim bike run for eight hours yeah but obviously majority of the meat is the, the cycle and sandwiched by a swim and a run yeah that'd be a saturday eight hours and a sunday yep cool yep, so two days. by eight hours both days in the peak of the session yeah and that's what you need to do because yeah gotta, yeah you, that's what i was getting yeah at. and it's it's about teaching the body how to back up mm. as well every day so um like you know after the first day of epic five i woke up and i felt like i'd just been out in the den and i was doing an eight hour training day like i'd done for months so yeah, it's just like teaching the body how, okay, that was one day, do it again the next mm. day, do it again the next day. And yeah, that was that was what I did. What about, um, were you practicing nutrition post, pre, during? We practicing All that. So Saturday evening, you would practice nutrition. What yep. am I going to do to make myself feel better at 5 a.m. Sunday morning? And yep. the like. So all that stuff psychologically is good for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously your body's adapting as we speak. Feeling pretty confident in that whole prep? Yeah. Feeling really good? Definitely. Good yeah. Deal. Yeah. Tell us about the Epic Five, the, the I guess the week, couple of weeks preceding, and then um, tell us about the everything leading up to the race and that fortnight. So you, you taper, I guess. Tell us about your taper. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I went over to Hawaii, so I raced Challenge Melbourne at the start of April, and then I flew to Hawaii the next day because um, I had, a, like through my coach, um, this girl that she knew over there who lived in Kona. She's like, oh, you know, you can go stay with Ingrid. That's totally fine. Um, I met Ingrid actually when she came over to Australia to do Challenge Melbourne as well. So, and she's like, oh yeah, here's the keys to my place. It's fine. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, oh my God, hospitality, amazing. Um, and I went back and stayed with her before Ultraman this year, uh, last year as well, Ultraman Hawaii. Um, yeah, so the first week was not ideal because my bike went missing. The airlines lost it. Um, so <laughs> not what you need. A little bit stressful. Mm. Um, yeah, so it took about a week to get my bike back. So I went to the bike shop and hired a bike. So I did a couple of my long, because I kept saying to my coach, I'm like, I don't know what to do because I made the rookie mistake of packing my running shoes in, like not in my carry-on luggage, which I like always do now, but I was trying to figure out weight distribution and everything. You'll never do so, that again. No, I will not. Um, yeah, because that's so much. And like, you know, my bike shoes and pedals were all in my bike bag. I'm like, nope, carry-on luggage now. Anyway, got you got to make these mistakes mm. once. Um, yeah, so I had to go and borrow some shoes, borrow, like hire a bike and do like, you know, my ride to Harveen back on the Ironman course, like 170Ks, you know, on this bike, borrowed bike. And I was like, well, I've got to get the training in. So, you know, why not just do it? Uh, and then eventually, yeah, we my bike was found in Auckland instead of Honolulu where it was supposed to go to and then Kona. Um, so yeah, then I could do the last part of the training on my bike. So like that was probably like my last long ride because I was over there, I think it was about like three weeks before Epic Five started. And then, you know, I was doing like runs up and down the, the day five course. So it was up and down at Lee Drive. So it doesn't follow the Ultraman, sorry, the Ironman um, run course, but it does in the swim and the bike. So okay. I was swimming the Ironman course, I was riding yeah. it, and then, you know, just running up and down at Lee Drive. So when I got there, I knew where I was going, which yeah. was very handy because I didn't know where I was going at any of the other islands. I'd never been there. Um, and you're just following maps in a book. That's hard. And yeah, yeah, basically. So, um, so you, it was a three weeks just for acclimatisation. Yeah. More, yeah. Yeah. Which is how yeah. you have to, like, even yeah. if you're coming from an Australian 
autumn, I guess. Yeah. Uh, in a, or, a May was the event in May. May, yeah, yeah. start of May. So it's still it's coming into a pretty hot season in Hawaii mm. too. So you, they're on five islands. Now do you have to fly to all of them, or can you get ferries? What's the go there? There's one ferry, and all the rest are flights. I cannot believe that. So day one, island one. Where are we? We're in Kauai. Okay. Yeah, so it's a tiny little island. I think it's the furthest island. It's, yeah, it's one of the... So you go from out all the way back down to the big island. Um, so it's yeah. kind of cool. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So Iron Man went off all right? Yeah, really good. Felt really strong. good. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was, it was interesting because by that stage, I had figured out how to deal with the heat. So when I was with Craig, um, when he was coaching me, he said to me, he's like, you've got to stop complaining about the heat and using it as an excuse for why you're not, you know... Because I was like, oh, it's so hot, I can't run properly, you know, I always get really tired, and, you know, I fatigue really quickly. He's like, Hawaii's going to be hot, Get, you know, you've got to figure out how to do with, deal with that. So I, um, I never, like my things that I use is that I never say it's hot, I never say it out loud. Like if someone else says it's hot, it goes, oh, it's not that bad. Like that's always my response every single time. And um, I use the the sun as like a solar panel almost that I've got in my body. And I'm like, you know, it's it's feeding me energy. It's, you know, it's keeping me keeping me going. So, you know, I just kind of sat loud. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for, you know, the extra energy that you're giving me. So it was really interesting to actually, because I was one of 10, like all the other guys are there um, doing the race with me. And a lot of them really struggled the first day in the heat. And I was kind of looking at all of them going, I'm not, I'm feeling fine. Like it was, it was really interesting just to kind of see the comparison. Um, and then like on the run was the bit where I was like, I don't know how to pace this. Like, I don't know. Cause I was feeling okay. Then I'm like, this is day one. I've got four more days to go. So that was kind of my big, you know, it wasn't like, am I going to get through it? It's how am I going to do this? That'd and be hard for anyone. Yeah. Like even yeah. you've done so many, like you've done the Ultraman, but look, that'd be, and running's in your words is your third, your third strongest leg. But I reckon the good runners will be going, how the hell am I not the good one? But the yeah. guys that pride themselves on their run will be going, how am I going to do this? Like, yeah. I've got to run a marathon the next five under yeah. fatigue. So you, did you go, you err on the side of caution? Yeah, obviously. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So I did walk run from the start of every marathon. And when I was training, I was always doing walk runs well, anyway. But I'm sure that's which, pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. You, you want to 10 individuals in the world doing it at that time. Yeah, like yeah, it's not, exactly. It's not, um, if, if it's not exactly people are going for times, like as far no. as 2.40... Like, it's no. just finishing that day yeah. after day after day. Yeah. Day one, confident, dinner, feeling good. Yeah, so... Up and about. Yeah, no, it was it was really good because they um, they say before the race, there's two flights off the island. There's a later one or an earlier one. So if you feel like you're going to finish in, like, under 14 and a half hours, get the earlier flight. But if you're not confident, book on the later one. So I booked on the later one. I was like, I don't know. But then by the time I finished, um, they're like, you can catch the earlier one. Go to the airport right That's now. That's fantastic. So I was like, oh, amazing. So... All of us actually ended up on the same flight, um, and they had Pizza Hut as a sponsor, so they had like pizzas every day. So good. So you know they gave us the pizza, like we took the pizza through security because we were like rushing through the airport to get yeah. the flight. But it was great because it meant I got extra sleep at the other side. So, so was that a quick an hour flight or was it? Yeah, yeah, it was probably about an hour because over just to Honolulu. Plane after that's unbelievable. So mm. you got to the new joint. Where were you the next time? Uh, Oahu, Oahu, over to Honolulu. You got some sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pizza Hut would have been the best pizza you've ever eaten. That was really good. Really good. <laughs> uh, I think I got, I think it was like four hours sleep that night, um, which is actually, because the girl who did it the year before, she got, I think like six, seven hours sleep over the whole five days. And it's like, well, I'm already ahead of what she was yeah. doing. So I wow. um, feel like I was in good, good spot. And you're the sleep deprivation queen. Yeah, so you, correct. That's so that's fine. <laughs> day two starts good. 
Yeah, day two. Yep, that was good. Um, so it was a, I think it was a two-lap swim. Yeah, like beautiful, like out in there. I found Oahu like probably the most stressful island just because of the amount of traffic and everything. And I know why they do it early because you don't want to do that like too sleep deprived because you just you can't focus on what's going on so like going in and out of honolulu was you know was pretty pretty intense it's, it's very it's, it's a busy busy island um there's a lot of tourist traffic as well so you really like i mean i'm petrified of cars now anyway because of what happened um but yeah like you know there's some roads that don't have a lot of shoulder and whatever but you know you keep your wits about and it was it was fine so like we rode out on this beautiful coastal road that kind of reminded me of the great ocean road um and then you know just like it's funny because you know your crew would be you know telling you where to go because they've had the maps with all and i had the maps on my garmin but it's not always accurate sometimes it tells you you're off course when you're not and you know you're kind of a bit everywhere which you know whatever that's technology yeah. um and then like you know the turnaround point's just this random car park so you know it was great like it was so casual you know you'd pull in you sit down for a bit have a bit to eat it was like all right i'll get back on my bike now and like you know keep keep going um and then the run is the Honolulu Marathon course. Yeah, cool. What yeah. about people do it? What yeah. about a lot of runners crew do that? Yeah. yeah. So, because I'd, I'd never done it before. So I'm like, oh, well, I've done that now. That's yeah, great. It's another box. Yeah, exactly. Tick that box. Tick that as I go along. Yeah. Um, but my legs are starting, like my hamstrings are starting to um, like get a lot tighter and my knee was getting a bit sore. Just, you know, backing up two marathons in a, you know, I haven't done that before like day after day. Um, so the other thing was, cause I hadn't been doing any recovery because you don't have time for that. You have time for sleep and eat and that's it. So, um, yeah, like I was starting to have a few problems with, uh, with my knee being a little bit sore, but I was like, oh, you know, that's okay. I'll just, you know, push through. And we had a, um, a sports doctor on the crew. So I was like, well, I'll just ask her tomorrow about, you know, what's going on with it. And then we'll, we'll go on from there. So the, so Oahu's the only island that you stay two nights on. So, because we flew from Kauai that night and then every other transport is in the morning. Okay. So, technically, you've actually got all night to finish each day. So, there's not harsh, like, time cutoffs, but it's more about trying to balance that, you know, how much sleep do you have versus how hard do you push, really. So, you know, like, you're finishing in the dark, like, it's, it's the funniest thing. You know, you run into this little park, you know, there's people kind of sitting there looking at you, you know, they're having a little party, smoking and drinking and whatever. And then you finish, you know, this non-existent finish line kind of thing. And someone with a clipboard going, yeah, good job. You know, we'll take a photo and off you go to your accommodation and see you later. We'll see you in the morning. Like, it's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? So cool. It's so raw. Yeah, yeah so I raw. loved it. Yeah, so you've yeah. done your second marathon. Yes. Okay. So you don't have to get on a plane, which no, is great. straight to bed. This what I, so food, post? Yep. Yeah, again, another pizza. pizza. Yeah. Um, any stuff like basic myofascial release, anything? Nah, you got nothing, nothing on you. You got nothing on nothing. you. Nothing. Like, you know, we had rollers and things, but yeah. I wasn't going to use them no, because you, you just, you know, you're in the car, then you're in the bed. You literally, you got yeah. to maximize time. Correct. How many hours sleep that night? Uh, I think that was about like three hours sleep. So, well, yeah. Day three. I mean, I feel like that's pretty good. <laughs> mentally, yeah, well, probably is compared to others. Yeah. Day three, mentally, this is where your mental strength and just your attitude probably the way you frame things will help you and probably hopefully helps millions of people out there when they listen to you um day three for most people would be a struggle i'd mm, imagine mm. Um, but you because you've done so much you're you're already in uncharted waters like two yeah. days in stuff yeah. that most humans just aren't will never do and then you've got to do it all again day three but mentally you know you're not even halfway yeah so yeah. How, how's that okay i i did find that day harsh mm. um which i knew that i would i knew that like I tried to figure out beforehand how I was going to mentally deal with day three 
and I didn't really figure that out, which, you know, whatever, until you're there. One. It's an obvious one yeah. for the outsider to say. Yeah. As in, obviously, endurance athletes, well, I'm going to look at that and say, I need to be able to frame that in my mind. Mm. How am I going to battle that? Because yeah. the demons are going to come. There's no need yeah. To oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's just, you know, what do you do when they do come? Correct. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, so day three is on Molokai, which is the tiniest, the smallest little island that we go to. Um, it's a little fishing village island. So um, the water around is quite rough and there's sharks and everything. So we do the swim in a pool. Um, which, you know, was fine. So majority of us actually put on wetsuits because it's easier mm-hmm. to swim in a wetty, but it actually meant that I was probably a bit more dehydrated coming out of the swim. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still had, you know, every swim that I still had nutrition that I took on as I went, even though okay. it's a 3.8 k swim, I'd still, you know, still have something. So I'm like, well, every opportunity I have to take in some kind of, you know, nutrition and calories. Um, the bike, it, you know, the bike felt okay, actually. Like, um, it was probably maybe about 150, 160 Ks. I'm like, all right, I'm kind of done now. And that's generally about my threshold in Ironman. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done. Like, I want to get off the bike. Like, I want to get to the next stage. Yeah. Like, it's not like I'm done. I want to finish. I want to, you know, quit the race. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of over riding my bike now. I just, you know, let's, let's just get this done, kind of thing. People that don't ride or have never haven't ridden since they were teenagers, it takes a lot of physical endurance just to sit on that thing for so many hours. Yeah. So, um, like if. If, put it this way: If I was to get on a bike now, I've been ridden for four or five years. I'd be my, everything would be sore within forty k. My yeah. back, my neck, your hip flexors, everything doesn't matter yeah. how fit, how strong you think you are. It takes a massive amount of physical endurance in every little stabilising your muscle as well. So, this is what someone like Mel was telling us: one sixty. She says, "Oh, maybe I'm ready to get off." You get an idea of just how strong she is. How'd the run go that day? Yeah, the run was tough. So um, I got. I think it was probably around like 10, 15 Ks into it. And my hamstrings just locked up. They're like, yeah, we're done actually. You haven't been taking care of us. So now we're fighting back. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, you know, I had a, had a little meltdown, had a little bit of a cry. And, you know, my husband, because my crew, every run, because there was three of them, they'd taken in turns to run with me the whole run. It was, so it was so good. Like, I loved it because, you know, I'm like, I want to hear about your day. Like, you know, tell me about what you've been doing. You know, tell me what's going on. Um, and my husband was with me at the time and I was, I was getting really upset. I was like, oh my God, you know, like you guys are going to be out here all night. I feel really bad and everything. And he goes, don't worry about it. It's fine. Whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's fine. All right, good. No worries. So we just walked 30 Ks and we just chatted. So got it done. yeah, got it done. So, um, yeah, like, you know, my, cause by that stage, um, one of the crew members have to go to the hotel and sleep. That's part of the race rules because if your crew's too tired, then it's quite dangerous for yes. them to be driving on the road and whatever. So, like, Michael went and had a sleep. My other two crew, um, Catherine and Ben, you know, they just took it in turns getting out of the van and, you know, just, like, walking alongside me. And we just, just chatted and was... It was actually, it was, it was fine. I was actually really okay because by that stage, you know, when Michael said, don't worry about it, it's okay, I just let it go. And I'm like, all right, done. You know, it was just that kind Physically of brief moment. tough to walk that Yeah. Far. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Physically wasn't, uh, very, yeah. very tough. Like yeah. 200 metres feels like an eternity. Especially, really especially when your hamstrings and all that are just absolutely on fire. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Every, every step hurts. Is it, these are a cut? Is there a seventeen hour to the island? Just, no, so, no. Because it's not feasible, is it? So no. I, I didn't think there was. But so, but which which is why someone like the first lady, the American lady, have mm. got six hours for the yeah. week. Yeah. Six hours sleep for the week. Yeah. Just get that around. That's yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. How many how many hours sleep you get that night? Uh, I got two hours that night. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. my sleep's like cutting start, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still you're ahead of that uh, lovely yeah. lady already. Day four. 
Yes. What, so, what's, what's the mindset knowing that you've still got two more marathons to run when day three didn't go so well? I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. What the hell is yeah, going to happen Yeah, exactly. So, day, so Molokai to Maui, we caught a boat. Okay, so that, that um, was a ferry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the ferry day. That was the only non-flight day. And um, what happened? So, I, it was, I think it was maybe about two hours on the ferry. So, I slept for about an hour and then... I got my roller and I managed to roll out my legs and I stretched and I finally actually did some, you know, body care, body maintenance stuff. And then um, my friend Ingrid and her partner P had flown over from Kona to come and meet us in Maui. Um, they'd already pre-organized all of that because I've been swimming a lot with P. And so he's like, well, I'll come do the swim in Maui with you and I'll do the swim in Kona with you. And it's amazing. Like he's a much stronger swimmer than me, but we'd figured out that I could just sight off him. He'd just swim right next to me. He, it's like there's a black line in the ocean. He swims a dead straight line no matter where he is. It's absolutely incredible, whereas I do not. No. So it was perfect. Like it was, it was really cool. So I remember sitting down talking to Ingrid before um, the swim. She's like, how are you going? And I'm like, I'm really, really worried because I don't know if I'm going to be able to run or not. Like I was, I was starting to kind of feel a bit stressed at that point. Um, but I was like, well, you know, whatever, you know, whatever happens. And then the water was quite rough, but we got into the water and we saw a turtle and I just went, today's going to be okay. Like I love turtles. They are just the most magical creatures in the world. And I just went, today's going to be a good day. So I just kind of went, you know, just just let it go. Like there's no there's no point about stressing what's going to come. Deal with what's going on here and now. And I ended up like swimming further because the the swim boy had been left in Molokai, so I ended up using like these two boys that drifted further apart. And then we did extra laps and like ended up swimming six k's instead of three point eight. So that's it was a just big, a big, big that's difference. That's enough to head head stuff you as well. Well, well do not, you know what? Not, no, not you. Yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> Because <laughs> you're starting to get a bit of an idea of the character we're dealing with, but yeah, uh, a, like a person with that would have looked at it from a negative point of view as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. There was a few people who were quite angry about it, and a few people who looked at their watch and went, 3.8, I'm getting out." You, like, move you on. told us to do as many laps, so I did as many laps, like not paying attention. I'm like, I feel like I'm swimming for longer than I should be, and I got out. Jeez. And one of the um, one of the staff, he's like, "Oh my god, Mel, I'm so sorry about this." And I was like, "Oh well, what do you do? It's done. Like, yeah. you know, you, yeah." And he's like, "Oh." Oh, thank you. Thank you for being so nice about it. Clone this mental outlook. <laughs> I reckon the world would be a much better place. How'd the bike and the run go that day? The run yeah. would have been interesting. Yeah, the bike was good. Um, got a few flat tires, you know, dealt with that. Um, it rained a little bit, but I really liked Maui. It was it was a really, really pretty island. Like it was um it was still it was a little bit busy but not insane in terms of the like tourist traffic and everything. Yeah, and then I had this most amazing moment um, when I got off the bike and you know I just like went and got changed into my running clothes and then came back and I had this elderly couple and this guy's like started yelling he's like oh my god she's here and I was like looking around going who who are you talking about like what's what's happening and um, this woman runs up she's just like oh my god I've been waiting for you to come like I heard there was a female in this event and like and she was just so excited to see me I was oh my god it just it made my heart burst. It was amazing. Wow. Like she was telling me about her daughters and everything that they do and how proud she's of them and how amazing it was. And she's like, I've been, you know, I've been following and I was really hoping to see you. And so like she just, you know, walked along with us for a little bit. They were bit. two locals? Um, yeah. That's yeah, unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. How beautiful. It was so amazing. I was like, oh my God. And then, yeah, and then I started running and I could run. Like my legs had loosened up enough that I could run. So I was like, thank God. <laughs> I wasn't running very fast, Doesn't but matter. I was running. Ran. I was running. So that's which, what which, that is. Like physically, 
we know that it's a lot easier on the body than what you would have had to do day three. Yeah. Well, that would have been so physically hard on every part of your body, that, yeah. that really injured walk. Yeah, I mean... Day like, four, physically, at least you can move a bit, or get the legs moving a bit quicker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I managed to shorten my walk enough that my hamstrings weren't, like, killing me when I was when I was walking. Like, I was kind of, like, yeah, it wasn't great. But the thing was, because I'd walked so far, I developed a really bad blister on the inside of my foot. And so and then you ran two more marathons on top of that. So it ended up being a bit of a pressure sore. It wasn't, wasn't great. And my little toes by that stage were big blisters as well. So I... Um, I had two pairs of running shoes and I put the first pair on and I was like, no, they're too tight. Give me the other pair. My husband's like, they're exactly the same. I'm like, no, no, no. The other ones are, the other ones are much better. The other ones are much better. I'm like, he's like, fine. Just don't argue with the irrational athlete. <laughs> just do it. Um, and I was like, see, these ones are much better. <laughs> Even though I'm sure they weren't. Um, yeah. But by that stage, my, you know, cause your feet swell up, you know, with plane travel and, you know, like running and whatever. So my feet were actually quite swollen, quite painful by that stage. But I mean, a bit, you know, you kind of forget about it after a bit. But Tell us about one of the great, great uniform, um, or what are we going to say, not a malfunction, one of the great bits of work from, what's your hubby's name? Michael. The lovely Michael. What a, what this man, I, I've done my research, this is some fantastic work from Michael here. I reckon, does he get enough credit for this? Tell, oh, tell the listeners what he did. Yeah, so on, on the fifth day, um, I came off the bike and... You know, like my my feet were in agony, and so he gave me my running shoes, and he cut the sides out of it so my toes could move out, and my little toes poked out, and they felt amazing. How good's that? What a <laughs> it legend! Was the best thing. I was like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> I, I know we jumped ahead there, but tell the swim and the bike when we're on on day five would have been nice to know you were day oh, four. It was so good because, like, when we got to um, when we got to Maui, we ended up like getting the water a bit late, so we ended up starting about eleven. And then by the time I finished, um, I didn't have time to go to the hotel room to sleep. And my crew still tell me how amazing that hotel room was and how good it was. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Didn't see it. Um, but they said, oh, you can go in if you want. I'm like, am I going to be able to sleep? And they said, no. I'm like, I'm not going. So I slept for half an hour in the car on the way to the airport and then half an hour on the plane over to Kona. But it was the last day, so it didn't, it didn't yeah, matter. Correct. Like, whatever, you know, it was party day. So, again, we had a late start. I think we started, like... 11 12 o'clock or something i don't know whatever like um swim was rough again felt a bit sick but had pee with me so i was able just to you know navigate off him that was that was fine and then i mean i know the bike course so like the bike course was so this was, was the course really you did in yeah the, in the, the yeah privatization phase yeah so it's the ironman bike course and you've done people who know which that. is very famous very very famous so is that fruit all the aqueducts and that is that all the famous, all the stuff, not the aqueduct, sorry. The lava. The lava, yeah. yeah. So that, that's all through there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So you go out on the Queen K and then you yeah. climb up to Harvey, you turn around Harvey and then come come back. Very and famous course. Yeah, and yeah. And the run leg was up and down. Alihi Drive. Yeah, up yeah. and down. Which is also famous, but it's not part of the run course at all for the island? No, they, that's where the, the, the run finishes. The finishing, and they yeah. do, um, they changed the course last year, and I'm not entirely sure how far up Alihi Drive now, but mm. they used to do about 10Ks before they run out to the energy okay. lab. The energy so, lab is yeah. what I'm yeah. thinking about. So, yeah. 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 yeah, so they don't take us out on there because it's dark and they don't close the roads and it's just dangerous. dangerous so, yeah. yeah, like, I, fair enough. So the, the shoes have been cut this last marathon. Is it sinking in that you're on the victory lap of what oh, was yeah. one of the most amazing feats? Um, this is 2017. She's uh, Mel's done a lot of media since then, but had you done? Did, did, oh, is there any like mainstream media have got onto this a bit now? 
and I know you've got a, an interview that's been recorded with Rich Rolls, who is massive. Yeah. If anyone in the endurance space, but to be honest, just in media world, podcast world, um, I wouldn't imagine how many millions of subscribers he's got. But I have he's, no idea. He's got. He's it's got, not out yet. I'm so scared. He's that got millions. <laughs> it's gonna it's, be like. It's a little bit more. <laughs> A little bit less, uh, we're a little bit more low-key up here in, in Melbourne, but Rich is, um, is incredibly famous, and you've done a bit of morning TV and all that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff, surely had an idea that was going to come when you're doing your fifth marathon in five days with everything else. Like, no. You didn't? No. But you, you, you're the second female ever in the history of the world to complete this. Yeah. Does, does any of that sink in when, the, when you're running home? Oh, not really. No, it was more just about my personal achievement and sharing it with my crew. That Which was is kind of my yeah, yeah my main focus. But so I big. had no idea. I'd like you know, I I have people now recognise me from Instagram and I find that's the weirdest thing in the world. I'm like I'm I'm you know, who the hell am I? Like I've you know, I've done these things that I love and it's mm. amazing, but yeah, that people are like, Wow, that's awesome you know, like, oh I you know, I follow you and all these things and it's just it feels strange to me because I don't feel like I'm any different. I'm just, you know, a normal person going to work, working full time, training, having fun, doing these cool races. But yeah, it's 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 still <laughs> it still feels it must weird. Must be weird. Yeah. But you you do the reason I was saying that was just because of the the absolute um, magnitude of the achievement. I guess. Yeah. Like, I wasn't. I know you certainly don't seek fame, or you certainly don't no. seek seek any of that. But to be honest, you couldn't have done what you do if you were seeking fame. Like, mm. You're just not that personality. You can't. There's too much, um, there's too much thankless work in there, yeah. in the training and in the work, and there's too much suffering, there's too much hard work and mental toughness to get instant gratification. But what I was getting at was that you, I was the magnitude was it sinking in to say, listen, no, no Australian female's done this. There's only ten of us doing it right mm, now, mm. and I'm the second woman in the history of the world to do this event. That sounds massive. When I say yeah, it, it when does. I say it, it, sounds it definitely like, does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what was the last five k on the run like? Oh, it was, it was pretty emotional, yeah. I have to say. I yeah, oh. yeah. And three of you, your beautiful husband and two of your best friends. Yeah. That's pretty special. Yeah, and Pete and Ingrid were out there as well with me. So, so we had got, a little you little had a group. group of six years. Yeah, just, yeah. Because yeah. I, I actually said to one of the guys a few days earlier, I'm like, I'm going to have like a Forrest Gump situation on the run. It's going to be amazing. And I kind of did. Like, you know, I had all these people around me and it was just, it was awesome. It's special. Yeah, really, really cool. That's the kind of stuff you never forget. Yeah. The last 400 metres. Where was the, was it an innocuous finish again? Where was the finish? Um, so the finish was at the pier. Um, Tell me they made a bit of a big deal out of it. Oh, no, no, they did, they did. And I, we had a little finish tape and Good. yeah, like, you know, and there was like, because oh, it was about, I don't know, like 7, 7.30 in the morning. So, you know, you had like a few people coming down, you know, trying to do their morning swims and everything. Because... Um, it was on a Sunday, I think, we finished. I oh, know, I can't remember. Um, yeah, you know, like there was there was a few of the staff around. And actually, a few of them came down later. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I missed your finish. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. But it, it was kind of weird. Like I crossed the finish line and I was finished. I was, you know, gave a few people hugs. I'm like, ah, oh, what now? Like it just, it kind of felt like that's weird. And then I just kind of sat there and just like, oh, my God, I did that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just, it all kind of hit me. I'm like, oh that just, that just happened. And because I have this thing, like, and I talk to other people about it, and they, you know, have the same feeling. And it's like you look back over things now, like, did I actually do that? Mm. Like, was that me, or was that, was that just a dream? Did I, did I, but you well, know, it must feel weird. out of body in a way, yeah, because absolutely. you can't, like, you, you talk about the flow state and all these emotional states when you're having really good days and racing, or, or in general performance. And this is five days of non-stop performance. Yeah, like it's. The, I can't imagine the flow state you must have been in half. But I, I feel like, um, and a couple of the other, look, some of the other really big endurance guys that I've spoke to, and not just on, on air, but just off, 
that you guys have all got very similar personalities, and I love it. I reckon there's so much to learn from from um, us mere mortals that we can learn from you guys about how to control our emotions for mm. one, and how to just look at situations differently for two. So, and that just doesn't doesn't have to be. In, you don't have to choose the epic five, but it could be. It could just be in everyday life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. I reckon that's. Have you, have you written a book? You got a blog? Yes. I have a blog. Can we yes. pin that to the show? So is 100%. it still current? Is it still current? Yeah, yeah. I update so, it every month. Good on um, you. Yeah. So what, what's something? Well, I'll get the producer to pin that up. So is yeah. it just Mel Yuri? No, it's um, rangamel.wordpress.com. Yeah. yeah. One of my good mates. <laughs> one of my good mates. He's nicknamed Ranger. Hello. Yeah, nice. Hello, Daniel Maynard. You'll <laughs> be loving that. Um, he's, he's, a, he's just an okay footballer. He's, he's nothing like you, Mel. But um, I tell you what, that is one of the. So, we, we, I want the listeners to follow that story because that's pretty special. Mel is from um, Western Victoria now, not West, Western Melbourne now, yeah. West, West Coast. So, yeah. live in Braybrook in the yep. Western suburbs. So, yep. very good sporting area for the, the typical Victorian sports football, cricket, basketball, netball. What We're going to get into the quick fires soon, but sure. with your training grounds. So where do you make home? You make the dandelions on your bike, you run and you swim. So do you just go out to Williamstown? Where do you swim most of your open water stuff? Um, uh, open water, I've got some friends that I swim with at Port Melbourne, Port Melbourne sometimes, yep. or yep. Williamstown. Yep. Um, yeah, like, you know, there's a few different open water swim races and things that um, I do. There's one at Williamstown coming up in February yep. as well. Uh, and run. I generally just run around home because there's a really beautiful running track along the Maribyrnong River about 400 metres from my house. So... I literally just like run across the road down to that and then I can run for yeah quite a while along that so it's we'll really nice. Before we get on to the quick fires, how was, did you, did we trials interview over the computer or did you? No, no, face to face. You went to, yeah. so you flew there? Yeah, so last year I did the New York Marathon yep. and then I went from there to LA um, and then I met Danny, the other girl who did Epic Five and we did it as a all together. Um, and that was before Ultraman Hawaii, so it was kind of a big America trip. So you did Ultraman Hawaii as, as your third Ultraman? Yeah. And that yeah. was the start of 18? So no, that was last year, that was yeah. uh, ended in November. Oh, yeah, just yeah. only a couple months yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, clearly my research was a bit... Was <laughs> it, I missed a couple no. of months, sorry Mel. That's so you did fine, Ultraman and you caught up with Rich over there? Yeah, yeah, so he lives in LA, so um, I had a couple of nights in LA. Um, yeah. Met Danny, hung out with her, and then yeah, did the podcast with him. Would have been nice to meet Danny as well. Yeah, that was amazing. It's a pretty amazing bond you two share. That, that was not really many cool. People on earth do. Was Rich's line of questioning more around the Epic Five? Was yeah. it around other stuff? Yeah, more more around Epic Five. I look forward than, to listening to that. Anything. Yeah. Is, I'm so stressed that it's not going to sound very good. Don't but be it'll be ridiculous. Fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. You I'm going to sit down, and there's like cameras, and like Rich is sitting there. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> So very anyway. similar, similar type setup to what we got up here. We're 100%. Upstairs at Runners, we've got the beautiful above the shoulders meditation room. Foxy feel good meditation and sound healing. Nice and laid back, but certainly no cameras. But you'd be uh, great no. in front of a camera. But yeah, you're, um, we'll you, you talk very naturally. You're very good. But Thanks. T- someone like him, did he get into nutrition much? Because I know this is a little bit off topic, but is he not the, is he vegan? Yes, yeah. he's vegan. So is he, and he's been vegan the whole time, and is he also fat adaption is he is he big on that or is that someone else oh no he's more just vegan Vegan. um so he's a he's a vegan ultra athlete yeah yeah Yeah. so he like he turned vegan and then got into ultra endurance stuff Mm. yeah yeah and and did he go down that path not really no just because you knew you weren't there's no point you're not vegan eh? no i am now actually yeah so rich no no (laughs) you met him once you turned vegan i know that's the influence (laughs) we have on people no actually um 
I've been vegetarian for about 20 years and then the start of last year my husband and I did a bikepacking trip through Tasmania so we're on our bikes couldn't carry anything that needed refrigeration so after that um, my body just couldn't tolerate dairy because I hadn't had it for a couple of weeks and then I'd you know eat some cheese or something and I would just feel really sick and be like yeah no actually and I kind of fought against that for a while but eventually I'm like no no you need to actually <laughs> listen to your body yeah. here and then towards the end of last year I realized the only thing that I was actually eating that had dairy or eggs in it was cake and chocolate and I'm like mm, probably actually shouldn't be eating that anymore so yeah that's, so just for yeah just yeah for, just we've, we've, we've got a few, really. a few vegan athletes in runners here and it's great to learn I've got no doubt that the world's probably going in that path anyway. Mm. Um, in, but people like Richard, Richard, um, Rich has been massive on it. I knew that yeah. was the case. Yeah. And I just wasn't sure there's a few other ultra guys that are really big on the fat adaptation, but it's a story for another day. Have yes. you got a blog about any of your veganism or anything? Or training, Not training, yet. That would no. be a good one, training yeah. or doing the amount of miles. Not that it really, you can consume all the good stuff anyway that, that you need to recover yeah. and, and to get through events. Yeah. You've been sensational. The setbacks we've covered, we're going to do the quick fires. The quick fires just to, you can be as long as you want, though. There's no rush at all. I think we've covered all the, the pretty amazing stuff, but I feel like um, we'll, we'll definitely pin a fair bit up to the notes. But also, for Mal, I feel like we need to um, get our media crew to do a few of those little clips because some of those meant, some of those. Um, statements on her mindset stuff like that is absolute gold and we need to remember that every day S- quick fires from El Uri your favourite discipline legend oh triathlon mm. no out of the three <laughs> uh, out of the three Sorry, do you know what I can't pick um, and I know that's like oh you know no, no, all no. my kids are my favourites but mm. um, I enjoy all three mm-hmm. I just I love doing all three so okay, let me frame this another way if you had to Ride, or if you had, sorry, if you had to compete for a million dollars in one of the three disciplines, probably swimming. That's swimming. one that comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. I do love swimming. Five distance. Now, this 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 doesn't have to be. This can be over the the triathlon, not running. The favorite yeah. favorite distance out of from the mini sprint to the ultra iron. Um, I think anything that goes over multiple days. I think Epic Five was really fun. And then my next race I'm going to be doing later on this year will probably be about six, seven days. So, yeah, anything that goes long. Like, Ultraman, I love. I love the distance. I love the race. But I haven't figured out nutrition. So mm. I don't really feel like that's my ideal It is a different race, beast, really. it? Yeah. It's so long. Like, yeah. the days are so... Yeah. And the run, the but run. also, for me, the Ultraman, the intensity is higher than what it was at Epic 5. So okay. Epic 5 was fine. I didn't have nutrition problems. But because... At Ultraman, especially Ultraman Hawaii as well. Like, um, yeah, like I missed the bike cutoff on day two because it was uh, had four thousand meters elevation. I missed it by eight minutes, oh. and again vomiting for four hours because you know I hadn't figured out my nutrition. So that is still something that eludes me. Like, I love the race, I love the people, I love the distance, Unfinished but I think, oh uh, yeah, eventually, but one. yeah, not not in a hurry to go back. So um, five distance, the yeah. six day, easy. Yeah, five six days. I think that suits me. Good on that's yeah. um, people will be going what the <laughs> you are they, crazy they'll be driving to work they'll be driving to work listening to their car and they please they might, don't crash they might have a thirty minute thirty minute session that morning your favorite athlete or someone not doesn't have to be an athlete or coach anyone um, in the over the journey could be famous doesn't have to be famous just some a couple of you could pick two or three I don't okay think. okay so a couple that came to mind um, Jess Douglas she's a twenty four hour mountain bike um, world champion I think she's done like three times or something. She 
uh, got me into mountain biking as well. Like, so I just do that for a bit of fun on the side. But she. Where did you meet Jess? Uh, she coaches my husband. Awesome. Um, yeah, and she's. What's just, Michael do? He and um, so he does mountain biking and awesome. also does triathlons as yeah, well. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, he does kind of a bit of everything. Bikes definitely his. his okay. Twenty four hour Jess. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So she she's amazing and she's so welcoming and lovely and supportive and just giving of her time to anybody about anything. Like that's she's beautiful. yeah, she's so really that's really good. Coach should be. Um, Craig Percival. Um, because yeah, again, like you know, he was he was my coach. I knew him for a number of years before he started coaching me. Um, and he did eight Ironmans in Australia in eight days as well. So he wow. was yeah, he was incredible, amazing. incredible man. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and Rich Roll, like, you know, he's he's the founder and, he, like, if I didn't read his book, I wouldn't be where I am. So yeah, those are probably my three people that I definitely... Yeah, it's pretty, it was to. pretty quick, which is awesome. And yeah. you know when it's quick that it's it's so... It's obviously with you every mm. day and they've all had a massive impact. Mm. Was there, is there any um, in traditional triathlon that you used to look at? Because you got into the sport through um, watching a friend and then was there anyone in that era, like, was there... Like we look back to the nineties and Greg Welsh, Brad Bev and these kind of guys. Was there anyone in traditional the Miranda Carfro? You said no. Like someone like Rich Roll was the big one from a, a fame point of view, and then obviously Craig. Eight and eight's unbelievable. Mm. Craig and um, Jess, mm. obviously at a much more like lo- not local, but like from that specific range yeah. of long distance. Is there anyone that? Is there anyone you when you were growing up you thought because you just sound like say. You got into the sport so nonchalantly, and now you've done all this. Yeah. But that were the big three. Is there anyone else? There's no one else from actual triathlon. Well, I didn't know what triathlon yeah. was. I'd never never heard of it until I saw my friend do one. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then one of her work friends was doing an Ironman. I was like, oh, tell me about that. What's that? So, like, that was that was kind of where I came from. That's what, yeah. I think if you listen to this in the car and you haven't ran, like, think back to Mel's 4K at the tan, thinking that everyone else was nuts doing 8K. And I wanted to, I, I thought that might have been the answer. You literally knew nothing about the sport. Yeah. And now you're one of the, or the only Australian women to do what you've done. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Tell me about the ultimate day in the life of Mel Yuri. What's the ultimate day entail? Could be as long a day as you want. I don't care. And it could go anywhere. I don't care. Ultimate day. Well, it has to involve training. <laughs> Can't not. Um... Oh, I think just like hanging out with my friends, riding my bike, like, you know, and then just going and like just hanging out, riding hills. Hills are definitely what I love, you know, like um, probably my favorite area in Victoria is Bright. I love riding up there. I love Buffalo, you know, I've ridden Hotham before and that was really, really fun. So, you know, just just hanging out with them and then, um, you know, just going and eating some really good food afterwards and just chilling and you know, going to bed early, 8.30 is my bedtime. It's any, awesome. Any, well, you need to. <laughs> like, some, I, uh, I'm not a very lively person. I can't imagine you get out too late. What about your, no. any good cafes around? Where's your favourite couple of cafes? Or? I've just found a really good vegan one in um, in Maidstone, actually. Yeah, um, which is right near you? Yeah, yeah, which is right near me. Tell um, me one of your go-to meals. Oh, they've got really good corn fritters there. Just, oh, oh it's so good. Coffee or what do you go? Coffee or tea? What do you go? Coffee? Ah, uh, no, don't drink coffee. Yeah, drink don't like the taste. Um, no. Chai. It's my grown up drink. If I grown up drink. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Mate, eat better off coffee. Coffee's an addiction that we all we all get too hooked on. I think. Future for Mel. Now, this is a big one because I want to go into the future, but you can be as as uh, adventurous as you want. Mention the race you got coming up, what you might want to do in the next five, ten years, family, work, but obviously sport as well. So what's the future hold for Mel Yuri? Yeah, so I am going over to America again 
Um, I'm going to do a 70.3 in September Super Frog in California because I want to qualify for the World 70.3 Championships there in New Zealand next year. That's cool. Um, so that's going to go back to really short. I'll mm. be like, oh my God, what, what do I do with this? <laughs> that'll cool. be fun. Um, and then that'll be just a fun lead-in race for my big one that I'm going to do. So um, it's, on, it's in October. Uh, it's called Uberman. So it's, uh, in, instead of I, um, Epic 5 being all swim, all bike, sorry, instead of like doing, you know, Ironman each day, this one is like roughly the same distances-ish. That's what mm. I like to tell myself. So you do a 33K swim, which is the Catalina Channel swim. So it's from Catalina Island across the mainland in LA. Mm. And then you do a 633K bike to um, where the Badwater Run starts. So, and then you do the Badwater Run. So it's 214Ks, the top of Mount Whitney. What are you... I had no idea this was coming, <laughs> listeners. I, I did not know that at all. That is outrageous. Yes. Are you, what are you trying to tell yourself? It's the same as the Epic... Oh, it's the same as Epic Fight. If you add up... Please. This, <laughs> this is what I'm telling myself. Don't, <laughs> just, don't get into my mind delusions. Sorry, Mel. Sorry. You're in the zone. You're in the zone. <laughs> no, no. Oh, like, that is... Mate, we must, must, must follow that. I know it's nine months away. Yes. We must follow your journey. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Badwater listeners is nuts. I love it. I, yeah. and we, we love, us running nerds love that from across the other side of the world. Um, not normal for 33 and a 600 and... 33K. Six, a 33K yeah. swim and a 633K ride as a warm-up. Yeah. For Badwater. Correct. Correct. You're a legend. How many, how many people are doing this? Uh, I don't know yet. So there's a few of us who are kind of emailing each other. Um, there's... Uh, two guys who are a bit like mm, maybe maybe I'm really hoping one guy who's one of my mates is going to do it yeah. uh, another American guy and then myself How and many? then um, no females are no females female oh there's there's a females who want to do as a team are you sick of being the only fit you just bloody lead the way for all these <laughs> not, not well there's, there's three guys who have finished it so I want to be the first woman unless uh, if another woman three males up, have finished the thing in the history of the, the yeah event. it's since 2016 yeah you're so amazing it's a, this it's is amazing oh we're one. following this yeah. All right, that's I'm very excited now. So runners is going to be all over this. Awesome. What we'll do is we'll, we'll definitely sponsor you for that. I mean, oh, you probably, you probably got you. enough sponsor, but we'll definitely help you out there, number one. Number two, we'll be able to follow it on your blogs, but we'll also do a piece on you once a month as well. That's extraordinary. The Badwater, fill us in on that just quickly. Do you, is there any different training or just the same as what you've been doing? I honestly, I don't know. So um, I met up with my coach in December. She's over in Perth. I was over there for Man West Australia. Um, I wasn't racing. Mm. That was after Ultraman Hawaii. Um, and she said to me, she's like, I don't know how I'm going to train you for this. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, mm. you'll sort it out. <laughs> I trust you. Yeah, you'll be um, fine, but it's just unique. It's just, it's yeah, just it like, is, it it's, is. But all the stuff you've done is unique. Yeah. Like, it's not going to yeah. be anything. Di- it's, it, to be honest, from talking to you for the last hour and a half, like I feel like you probably will be fine. Like it's that kind of stuff you get better at. Yeah. Like the longer, the better. You yeah, just, absolutely. Just, like you said, diesel engine. Yeah. You just plug away. Yeah. Nutrition is important, but it's important in everything you do. So that's really cool. Work, family, stuff. You just keep going. You love your job. You obviously love yes. what you do. You're happy love my it. job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, because I'm 34, almost 35, so now I have to kind of, you know, think about kids, think about the future. So, yeah, you know, after Uberman, it'll be, okay, well, what now? And I figure, like, you know, I don't want to just stop everything and go, right, now I'm going to get pregnant. Don't have to. Who knows, who knows what's going to happen? You don't have so to. So that's why I want 70.3 Worlds as a goal to still aim towards. The training will be a lot less, less stress on my body. So it won't be, you know, 30 hours of training a week and, you know, insane, but not stopping completely. I 
don't feel like I'll be able to and I like having goals to work on. Don't have to, buddy. And no, absolutely you'd not. You'd have lots of mates no. that, that um, have, and we've got well, we've 30 in the last 12 months that have given birth in here. Awesome. Some of them are similar to you where they might be marathoners or um, one of our various guests, the English Channel, Swim Ashland Fraser, was, was trained the whole way through yeah. and was swimming and was with me three or four days a week. Yeah. And, is back now doing some walking and elliptical and stuff four or five weeks post. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. simple as like it's obviously everyone's got different pregnancies. So you, you want to pray that it's a it's a it's a good one. It's a comfortable <laughs> one. No, it's comfortable. Yeah. But that you can't predict what, yeah. what you're gonna but definitely just that whole factor of being pregnant won't change who no, you are. No. You're always gonna be you're always gonna be moving and setting yeah. goals and yeah. It's actually exciting because you're gonna it's a whole new part of your life. But that that, that could Absolutely. be four years away. Yeah. And and, who knows? And, and and there's no rush on that. But mm. Uberman is is next level. And yeah. then the seventy point threes is pretty cool. So yeah. So where are they held this year? Sorry, I missed you say that. Um so it moves every year? Yeah, so it used to, it's in Vegas a lot, but it, it used to, it's Hawaii, Vegas. Where is it? Do you know where so it's gonna be? This year it's in Nice in, and nice, in be- France. Beautiful. Yeah. So that's the world, and you got to qualify for that. Where I missed those. So yeah, I mean you qualify through anyway, a seventy point yeah. three race. So what? Yeah. what yeah, but is it normally done on? Is there any? Is there a one? Because it is a placings time or both. It's both. Isn't yeah, it? placings and time, but um, they have a, an allocated amount of slots per age group. And you're um, in thirty or thirty five. Yeah. Tough well, age yeah, group. Yeah, be thirty five, thirty nine by 35, that stage. 39. It. Yes and no. So. You kind of like I can cherry pick races That's in a way saying. because like I'm over in America. It's one of the first qualifying races for the worlds, which is the following November, the following year. So the likelihood of people in America actually thinking about worlds at that point in time probably not going to be that many, and they're really pushing for more women to come and do seventy point three worlds. So yeah. I kind of feel like it's not going to be as hard for me to qualify. And I have heard other friends just say, you know what, just stay to the end. And if they have spare slots, they'll just give them to whoever's yeah. staying and cool there. Girl, so, like, you get like to... I'll just get there whichever way I Correct. can, basically. And you get to like, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Had, uh, yeah. One of our last deep dive guests, David Gately, uh, was at the World Champs, which were in Queensland this year. Yeah. So he was up in Queensland only oh, 2018, sorry, a couple of months ago. So it's and like that's been something, of, a goal of his for the last two or three years. It's awesome. been It's really cool. And if that's your, like, it's probably not your niche distance, but it's cool to be able to go back and it's going to help you because it's such a different experience yeah. being so uncomfortable yeah. for five, six hours, whatever whatever it's going to be, compared to five, six days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're yeah. not going to know. You go, what am I going to do now? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, like, is that all? <laughs> I'm only halfway through my day. You've been fantastic. What? Tell me what you do. If there, Is there anything that you, you like to do just to chill out? Like, we talk about your, your perfect day. Any hob, any other hobbies, or is just is it hard to have hobbies with a sport like this? Yeah, it's it's really hard. Like I might pick up a book every so often, but I'm very much couch Netflix, just chill, not do much, hang out with my two cats and my husband. So what, cats' names? Uh, Wally and Tigger. Oh, that's a bit cute. Yes, <laughs> it's very cute. They just they love mummy. Yeah. And what yeah. about Netflix favorite apps on that at the moment? What are we running with? Uh, I'm catching up in House of Cards at the moment, um, and I don't mind a bit of trash. So like Riverdale, Dynasty, you know, just a bit of mind numbing. Well, you whatever. need you need mind numbing in your oh, game, definitely. Mel. You now you, this is yes. not the last you've heard. You're going to hear from Mel listeners. I tell you what, we're going to um, pin up her blog to the show notes, obviously on all our socials as well. But we'll also. Follow her and we'll, we'll sponsor her towards this amazing event, the Uber Man, where she's going to be the first female ever in the world to complete the Uber Man. I've already called it. You'll complete the Uber Man oh, totally with your mindset. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you. She, Mel's travelled over an hour and a half just to be with us tonight, so we really do appreciate that. And um, 
that doesn't go unnoticed. Thanks so much, Mel. We will do a little bit of a video post. I reckon, I reckon you can put a video post on our social as once a month at least, sure. just to let us know how you're going and yeah, your training. Absolutely. And it's pretty. People after they hear this are going to really want to know about you. Thanks so much, Mel, again. And now, listeners, make sure you've listened to this and you just write down a few things that might resonate with you. We'll obviously play back a couple of them as well because I reckon I feel like I've got to listen to that a couple of times just to really um, take something out of it. That I reckon we could take something different out of it each episode. So please make sure when you're running or riding or, or driving in your car that you, um, you really listen to some of the, the points that Mel had to offer there. Make sure you're doing something today that's going to make you a better athlete and a better person tomorrow. Take care of each other, guys.